This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Words of Integration and Guidance by Maya Angelou. In our joy, we think we hear a whisper. At first, it's too soft. Then, only half heard. We listen carefully as it gathers strength. We hear a sweetness. The word is peace. It is loud now, louder than the explosion of bombs. We tremble at the sound. We are thrilled by its presence. It is what we have hungered for. Not just the absence of war, but true peace. A harmony of spirit and a comfort of courtesies. Security for our beloveds and their beloveds. We, angels and mortals, believers and non-believers, look heavenward and speak the word aloud. Peace. We look at each other, then into ourselves, and we say without shyness or apology or hesitation, peace, my brother, peace, my sister, peace, my soul. A reading of scriptures from the first 11 verses of the 40th chapter of Isaiah. Comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are grass, their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, the first eight verses. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the, in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. There was a religious master who never ceased to attack the notions about God that people entertain. One time he said, if your God comes to your rescue and gets you out of trouble, it is time you started searching for the true God. Bit of a cryptic saying, so he was asked to elaborate, and he responded with a story. A man left a brand new bicycle unattended at the marketplace while he went about his shopping. He only remembered the bicycle the following day, and he rushed back to the marketplace expecting that it would have been stolen. The bicycle was exactly where he had left it. Overwhelmed with joy, he rushed to a nearby temple to thank God for having kept his bicycle safe, only to find when he came out of the temple that the bicycle was gone. I'll let you chew on that one for a bit. The phrase that echoes in our text today is prepare the way. Prepare the way. That was the call of the ancient prophet Isaiah. That was the call that John the Baptist heard. And I think it's a call that we need to hear today. Prepare the way. But prepare the way for what? Or for whom? John, of course, was to prepare the way for Jesus. But for us, even though Advent anticipates the birth of Jesus, we know that he has already been born. He has already come. So what are we to prepare for if we're to hear this word anew? We are to prepare for a world of peace. A world that takes the words of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, seriously. Jesus said, My peace I give to you, and blessed are the peacemakers. So how do we seek and find and prepare for such peace? There are many reasons that peace seems hard to come by these days. I'm going to read a few recent headlines to you. And as I do that, I want you to notice what effect that has on you. Your mood, how you're feeling, maybe notice your body, how you react. 
From CNN, a few headlines. North Korea says Trump is, quote, begging for nuclear war. Gunmen shot after opening fire at a hospital. And this one, this was really there. This will get the blood temperature up. This must have been an opinion piece. Women enable men like Matt Lauer. Only reading this, only a messenger. <laughs> Trump to hold rally near Alabama days before election involving Roy Moore. Russia probe zeroes in on Trump's inner circle. A couple from the New York Times. Vast tax overhaul clears the Senate with the biggest benefits flowing to the highest earning Americans. A historic tax heist. Trump is vandalizing our wild heritage, repealing protections on millions of acres of public land. A couple from the Washington Post. U.S. Senate race in Alabama is neck and neck with voters divided over Roy Moore allegations. If North Korea fires a nuclear missile at the U.S., how could it be stopped? And a few headlines from the Holland Sentinel. Partly cloudy skies in West Michigan today. <laughs> Sinterklaas rings in the holidays for Holland. Suspects identified in mailbox destruction spree. Kind of funny, unless it was your mailbox, I suppose. And I know you'll like this one. 12 insanely cool gift ideas for under $60. Actually, I think that was an ad more than a headline. But they call it clickbait for a reason, I suppose. So I guess the lesson there is to read the, read the Holland Sentinel if you're looking for a, for a break from the insanity. Maybe. I don't know. But really, how were you feeling when I read those headlines? Say a word or a phrase. Distraught. Anxious, angry, distraught. Sad. Sad. Frustrated. Frustrated. Defeated. Defeated. They need to be fired. They need to be fired. <laughs> Whoever they are, they need to be fired. <laughs> and did you feel something too? Like, ugh, right? You can tell attentions in your body when you hear things like this. And what do we tend to do when we hear things like this on the radio or read it uh, online or in the newspaper? It can feel tempting to simply escape uh, when we're feeling tense, anxious, or upset. And sometimes I think that's called for. Maybe binging, uh, binge watching a favorite show, sticking our face in a good book for a while, simply enjoying some comfort food. Those are all coping strategies I've tried, and I'm sure you have too. But can we go deeper than merely coping? Or merely escaping or ignoring? A friend of mine named Patience is a spiritual director and all-around wise and gentle soul. She invites us to seek peace in the face of chaos. Not simply to avoid it or numb ourselves uh, to it. She wrote recently, actually I think she wrote this uh, a year ago leading up to uh, last year's elections, but I think it's still very relevant. 
She wrote, in recent months, I have felt more than the usual turmoil, anxiety, and distress in the air with all that's going on in our world. And more days than I would imagine, I've felt tossed around by a sea of negative and hostile words and emotions, both within and without. So I've been sitting with the question, what is the Holy One inviting me to do or be in this time? Always a beautiful question to ask. What is the Holy One inviting me to do or to be in this time? She says, my pondering led me to a scripture passage from the Gospel of John. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives peace do I give it to you. She says, I pray to be open to receive that peace, to intentionally take it in, to soak in it, and let it flow through me so I can send it out to the world. Of course, that's easier said than done. It's challenging to stay present to what is real. The fear, division, and hostility, right? The things we just read and named. It's challenging to stay present to that and to choose to embrace it from a stance of peace. I think often we tend to want to ignore or we tend to go somewhere else. I know I'll often turn the station if I'm hearing, if I just get overwhelmed and I'll turn it to sports radio and cope that way. That brings different tensions though, but they feel like there's less at stake, right? Honestly, it's like I can handle my team losing, but nuclear war, not so much. She says it takes trust and courage to stand with arms wide open and receive the upheaval and let it through, let it flow through a peaceful and loving heart. And I think she's right. That does take a certain amount of trust and courage because it's much easier to simply react or reflect even the negativity around us. Right? We hear these headlines, we get angry, we think something needs to be done, and it does. And often we want to then act out of that same fear, hostility, and division that's fueling the things we don't want to see in the world. But often it's that negative energy that just sits in us. And so even when we're acting for what we feel is a better way, we're allowing all that negativity to be the driving force, the driving energy. And in the end, I wonder, can that really lead? To peace. And then she references another scriptural phrase from the Gospel of Luke. And I think this is from uh, the message translation. And this is Jesus speaking. Fear is useless. Fear is useless. What's needed is trust. I think the way we usually read that phrase is do not be afraid, only believe. But I love the phrasing of fear is useless. What's needed is trust. She writes, so I envision a body posture with arms wide open. And as I envision that posture, I'm also deeply grounded and rooted in the source of divine love. I could never produce this kind of love or peace, she asks. Rather, I trust that it flowed through me from the divine wellspring of love and of peace. 
And so it's not just an attempt to conjure, right? A feeling of peace. It's saying, God, I know you are the source of all peace. And I stand here open, willing, needing to receive your peace. And it's helpful to recall that this is a practice. She writes, some days I forget about it entirely, and other days I wonder how I could live without it. And this kind of practice, if we were to do it, you might call it a body prayer, right? Where we are physically using our bodies in a stance or position of prayer and receptivity. Of course, prayer can happen in many ways and many forms, but it requires an intentionality, an ability to really be present, to be a receiver of the peace that passes all understanding. So I'm going to invite us actually to try this. All right? If you're brave enough, I'm going to invite you to stand and position yourselves with arms wide open in a receptivity stance. Now, you don't have to. Some of you are going to resist this. So if you want to stay seated, close your eyes, go in the other room, that's fine. But I'm going to invite, invite you to stand and yeah, find some space if you need it. And just have your arms open in a receiving posture. And it's important not only to have our arms open, but to allow that posture to reflect an inner openness, an inner receptivity. And so I'm going to ring this bell. And as I do that, just take a deep breath with your arms outstretched. you to have your eyes closed and just seek that inner openness. A couple of words that can accompany this practice are open and willing. And as I say this prayer, I invite you to echo it within if it feels like a connection for you. May I be open and willing to be a channel of peace and trust. May I be open and willing to embrace the divisions and hostility within myself. May I be open and willing to let love and light soak the darkness of separation and fear. May I be open and willing to take delight in what is good, true, and beautiful, and celebrate and nurture it. May I be open and willing to be a channel of peace and trust.
You may be seated. My friend says, although it's easy to get caught in the negative, I can choose to be aware of those things that bring me back to my desire for peace and for trust, right? We're going to hear the negative, but what are some things that we can ground ourselves in to bring ourselves back to trust and peace? Certainly the practice we just did together is one, an important one. She says, things that come to mind for me also include uh, being or imagining myself in a serene or beautiful place, hearing an inspiring story, remembering a courageous, wise, or brave person, feeling grateful for something so basic like clean water. So as we seek to prepare a way for peace, does this mean that we just sit around in prayer, being what some might say kind of useless? A student once asked his master, what is the highest act a person can perform? The master replied, sitting in meditation. But the master himself was rarely seen to be sitting in meditation. He was ceaselessly engaged in housework and fieldwork and meeting people and writing books. He even took up the bookkeeping chores of the monastery. And the student asked, why then do you spend all your time in work? And he replied, when one works, one, not, one need not cease to sit in meditation. How are we to prepare the way for peace? Certainly with prayer. And as the story, just, story told just reminds us, prayer can happen anytime, all the time. Because peace requires not just prayer, but vigilance and work and everything in us. Preparing for peace begins with each one of us taking our cue from Jesus, the one whose birth we anticipate in this season of Advent. He often went to a quiet or secluded place to pray, to be silent, to be still, to be grounded in the peace of God. And then he would enter into the fray as a force for peace, goodness, and transformation. And so this season of Advent, may his way become our way. May his practice become our practice. And may his peace become our peace. A peace that is not just for us, but for the entire world. Amen. And namaste.
you are invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Holland Area Arts Council in downtown Holland. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org. Thank you.